part four section four of weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bealby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part four the sandman section four now he sat down to finish his letter to clara but a glance through the window showed him olympia still in her former posture urged by an irresistible impulse he jumped up and seized coppola's perspective nor could he tear himself away from the fascinating olympia until his friend and brother sigmund called for him to go to professor spallanzani's lecture the curtains before the door of the all-important room were closely drawn so that he could not see olympia nor could he even see her from his own room during the two following days notwithstanding that he scarcely ever left his window and maintained a scarce interrupted watch through coppola's perspective upon her room on the third day curtains even were drawn across the window plunged into the depths of despair goaded by longing and ardent desire he hurried outside the walls of the town olympia's image hovered about his path in the air and stepped forth out of the bushes and peeped up at him with large and lustrous eyes from the bright surface of the brook clara's image was completely faded from his mind he had no thoughts except for olympia he uttered his love-plaints aloud and in a lachrymose tone oh my glorious noble star of love have you only risen to vanish again and leave me in the darkness and hopelessness of night returning home he became aware that there was a good deal of noisy bustle going on in spallanzani's house all the doors stood wide open men were taking in all kinds of gear and furniture the windows of the first floor were all lifted off their hinges busy maid-servants with immense hair-brooms were driving backwards and forwards dusting and sweeping whilst within could be heard the knocking and hammering of carpenters and upholsterers utterly astonished nathaniel stood still in the street then sigmund joined him laughing and said well what do you say to our old spallanzani nathaniel assured him that he could not say anything since he knew not what it all meant to his great astonishment he could hear however that they were turning the quiet gloomy house almost inside out with their dusting and cleaning and making of alterations then he learned from sigmund that spallanzani intended giving a great concert and ball on the following day and that half the university was invited it was generally reported that spallanzani was going to let his daughter olympia whom he had so long so jealously guarded from every eye make her first appearance nathaniel received an invitation at the appointed hour when the carriages were rolling up and the lights were gleaming brightly in the decorated halls he went across to the professors his heart beating high with expectation the company was both numerous and brilliant olympia was richly and tastefully dressed one could not but admire her figure and the regular beauty of her features the striking inward curve of her back as well as the wasp-like smallness of her waist appeared to be the result of too tight lacing there was something stiff and measured in her gait and bearing that made an unfavourable impression upon many it was ascribed to the constraint imposed upon her by the company the concert began olympia played on the piano with great skill 
and sang as skilfully an aria di bravura in a voice which was if anything almost too sharp but clear as glass bells nathaniel was transported with delight he stood in the background farthest from her and owing to the blinding lights could not quite distinguish her features so without being observed he took coppola's glass out of his pocket and directed it upon the beautiful olympia oh then he perceived how her yearning eyes sought him how every note only reached its full purity in the loving glance which penetrated to and inflamed his heart her artificial roulade seemed to him to be the exultant cry towards heaven of the soul refined by love and when at last after the cadenza the long trill rang shrilly and loudly through the hall he felt as if he were suddenly grasped by burning arms and could no longer control himself he could not help shouting aloud in his mingled pain and delight olympia all eyes were turned upon him many people laughed the face of the cathedral organist wore a still more gloomy look than it had done before but all he said was very well the concert came to an end and the ball began oh to dance with her with her that was now the aim of all nathaniel's wishes of all his desires but how should he have courage to request her the queen of the ball to grant him the honour of a dance and yet he couldn't tell how it came about just as the dance began he found himself standing close beside her nobody having as yet asked her to be his partner so with some difficulty stammering out a few words he grasped her hand it was cold as ice he shook with an awful frosty shiver but fixing his eyes upon her face he saw that her glance was beaming upon him with love and longing and at the same moment he thought that the pulse began to beat in her cold hand and the warm life-blood to course through her veins and passion burned more intensely in his own heart also he threw his arm round her beautiful waist and whirled her round the hall he had always thought that he kept good and accurate time in dancing but from the perfectly rhythmical evenness with which olympia danced and which frequently put him quite out he perceived how very faulty his own time really was notwithstanding he would not dance with any other lady and everybody else who approached olympia to call upon her for a dance he would have liked to kill on the spot this however only happened twice to his astonishment olympia remained after this without a partner and he failed not on each occasion to take her out again if nathaniel had been able to see anything else except the beautiful olympia there would inevitably have been a good deal of unpleasant quarrelling and strife for it was evident that olympia was the object of the smothered laughter only with difficulty suppressed which was heard in various corners amongst the young people and they followed her with very curious looks but nobody knew for what reason nathaniel excited by dancing and the plentiful supply of wine he had consumed had laid aside the shyness which at other times characterized him he sat beside olympia her hand in his own and declared his love enthusiastically and passionately in words which neither of them understood neither he nor olympia and yet she perhaps did for she sat with her eyes fixed unchangeably upon his sighing repeatedly ah 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 upon this nathaniel would answer oh you glorious heavenly lady you ray from the promised paradise of love 
oh what a profound soul you have my whole being is mirrored in it and a good deal more in the same strain but olympia only continued to sigh ah ah again and again professor spalanzani passed by the two happy lovers once or twice and smiled with a look of peculiar satisfaction all at once it seemed to nathaniel albeit he was far away in a different world as if it were growing perceptibly darker down below at professor spalanzani's he looked about him and to his very great alarm became aware that there were only two lights left burning in the hall and they were on the point of going out the music and dancing had long ago ceased we must part part he cried wildly and despairingly he kissed olympia's hand he bent down to her mouth but ice-cold lips met his burning ones as he touched her cold hand he felt his heart thrilled with awe the legend of the dead bride shot suddenly through his mind but olympia had drawn him closer to her and the kiss appeared to warm her lips into vitality professor spalanzani strode slowly through the empty apartment his footsteps giving a hollow echo and his figure had as the flickering shadows played about him a ghostly awful appearance do you love me do you love me olympia only one little word do you love me whispered nathaniel but she only sighed ah ah as she rose to her feet yes you are my lovely glorious star of love said nathaniel and will shine for ever purifying and ennobling my heart ah ah replied olympia as she moved along nathaniel followed her they stood before the professor you have had an extraordinarily animated conversation with my daughter said he smiling well well my dear mr nathaniel if you find pleasure in talking to the stupid girl i am sure i shall be glad for you to come and do so nathaniel took his leave his heart singing and leaping in a perfect delirium of happiness during the next few days spalanzani's ball was the general topic of conversation although the professor had done everything to make the thing a splendid success yet certain gay spirits related more than one thing that had occurred which was quite irregular and out of order they were especially keen in pulling olympia to pieces for her taciturnity and rigid stiffness in spite of her beautiful form they alleged that she was hopelessly stupid and in this fact they discerned the reason why spalanzani had so long kept her concealed from publicity nathaniel heard all this with inward wrath but nevertheless he held his tongue for thought he would it indeed be worth while to prove to these fellows that it is their own stupidity which prevents them from appreciating olympia's profound and brilliant parts one day sigmund said to him pray brother have the kindness to tell me how you a sensible fellow came to lose your head over that miss wax-face that wooden doll across there nathaniel was about to fly into a rage but he recollected himself and replied tell me sigmund how came it that olympia's divine charms could escape your eye so keenly alive as it always is to beauty and your acute perception as well but heaven be thanked for it otherwise i should have had you for a rival and then the blood of one of us would have had to be spilled 
sigmund perceiving how matters stood with his friend skilfully interposed and said after remarking that all argument with one in love about the object of his affections was out of place yet it's very strange that several of us have formed pretty much the same opinion about olympia we think she is you won't take it ill brother that she is singularly statuesque and soulless her figure is regular and so are her features that can't be gainsaid and if her eyes were not so utterly devoid of life i may say of the power of vision she might pass for a beauty she is strangely measured in her movements they all seem as if they were dependent upon some wound-up clockwork her playing and singing has the disagreeably perfect but insensitive time of a singing machine and her dancing is the same we felt quite afraid of this olympia and did not like to have anything to do with her she seemed to us to be only acting like a living creature and as if there was some secret at the bottom of it all nathaniel did not give way to the bitter feelings which threatened to master him at these words of sigmund's he fought down and got the better of his displeasure and merely said very earnestly you cold prosaic fellows may very well be afraid of her it is only to its like that the poetically organized spirit unfolds itself upon me alone did her loving glances fall and through my mind and thoughts alone did they radiate and only in her love can i find my own self again perhaps however she doesn't do quite right not to jabber a lot of nonsense and stupid talk like other shallow people it is true she speaks but few words but the few words she does speak are genuine hieroglyphs of the inner world of love and of the higher cognition of the intellectual life revealed in the intuition of the eternal beyond the grave but you have no understanding for all these things and i am only wasting words god be with you brother said sigmund very gently almost sadly but it seems to me that you are in a very bad way you may rely upon me if all no i can't say any more it all at once dawned upon nathaniel that his cold prosaic friend Zygmunt really and sincerely wished him well and so he warmly shook his proffered hand nathaniel had completely forgotten that there was a clara in the world whom he had once loved and his mother and lothar they had all vanished from his mind he lived for olympia alone he sat beside her every day for hours together rhapsodizing about his love and sympathy enkindled into life and about psychic elective affinity all of which olympia listened to with great reverence he fished up from the very bottom of his desk all the things that he had ever written poems fancy sketches visions romances tales and the heap was increased daily with all kinds of aimless sonnets stanzas canzonettes all these he read to olympia hour after hour without growing tired but then he had never had such an exemplary listener she neither embroidered nor knitted she did not look out of the window or feed a bird or play with a little pet dog or a favourite cat neither did she twist a piece of paper or anything of that kind round her finger she did not forcibly convert a yawn into a low affected cough in short she sat hour after hour with her eyes bent unchangeably upon her lover's face without moving or altering her position and her gaze grew more ardent and more ardent still and it was only when at last nathaniel rose and kissed her lips or her hand that she said ach 
ah and then good-night dear arrived in his own room nathanael would break out with oh what a brilliant what a profound mind only you you alone understand me and his heart trembled with rapture when he reflected upon the wondrous harmony which daily revealed itself between his own and his olympia's character for he fancied that she had expressed in respect to his works and his poetic genius the identical sentiments which he himself cherished deep down in his own heart in respect to the same and even as if it was his own heart speaking to him and it must indeed have been so for olympia never uttered any other words than those already mentioned and when nathaniel himself in his clear and sober moments as for instance directly after waking in a morning thought about her utter passivity and taciturnity he only said what are words but words the glance of her heavenly eyes says more than any tongue of earth and how can anyway a child of heaven accustom herself to the narrow circle which the exigencies of a wretched mundane life demand end of part four the sandman section four recording by expatriate in bangor maine